0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Jamie Lynn Sigler first found success in her late teens when she was cast on HBO's hit show, The Sopranos. And while this time was the foundation for her long career on the big screen, You would have never known that Sigler was battling for more than just her spot in Hollywood.
0: When I was 19, when I think back to it, I started to have a first bout of symptoms, some numbness, tingling in my lower extremities, and then some bladder control issues, a lot of like spasticity and sort of difficulty initiating.
1: At first, the symptoms were on and off. Nothing Sigler thought to worry about. Maybe she had slept wrong the night before or had gotten a urinary tract infection. But then a year later, they came back full force.
0: The feeling of the numbness and tingling was rising in my legs, kind of almost getting up to my waist. Enough that I realized this isn't something I should be ignoring and I should probably go get this checked out. I went to the emergency room, and because of listing the symptoms that I had, not realizing what road it was leading me down, they did a spinal tap, MRI, and that's when I got the MS diagnosis.
1: Multiple sclerosis, or MS, is a disease that affects the brain and spinal cord. However, it's not a neurological disease. Dr. Sharon Stoll, a neuroimmunologist, says that MS is actually an autoimmune condition.
2: A lot of people think of it as starting off in the brain or the spinal cord. But really, it starts in the body where your own immune cells attack your brain.
1: Stoll is an assistant professor in the Department of Neurology at Yale School of Medicine. There's several factors that can cause someone to develop MS. Part of it is genetic, but it's not an inherited disease. So if your dad has multiple sclerosis, that doesn't mean that you'll automatically be diagnosed as well. Another main influence is a vitamin D deficiency.
2: We used to learn about it as where you grow up and how likely you are to be vitamin D deficient. So somebody that lives in, let's say, Maine is more likely to have MS than somebody that grew up in Miami. But now a lot of that has changed just because even people in Miami, they're more likely to spend time inside rather than outside playing.
1: And since it can't be found through genetic testing, multiple sclerosis is often very challenging to diagnose.
2: It's difficult to diagnose because... Like some other diseases, there's not one specific antibody that we can check that if it's positive, you have it. If it's negative, you don't. So that's one. Number two is symptoms vary. It's not just one symptom at the time of diagnosis that then says, okay, you know what, this is MS. However, I should say really recently in the past five years or so, a lot of physicians and a lot of healthcare providers, and even a lot of just individuals in the country are more educated and are more aware of symptoms and how the disease could present.
1: For example, the two most common symptoms are optic neuritis, which causes blurred vision and painful vision in one eye, and transverse myelitis, which is a numbness or tingling down a leg or arm, which is what Sigler experiences.
2: So if you have, let's say, your 25-year-old that all of a sudden develops blurred vision and painful vision loss in one eye, they go see an ophthalmologist. Now, most optometrists, ophthalmologists, emergency room doctors can recognize that that could be a presenting sign of multiple sclerosis. And the same thing with transverse myelitis. The problem is if you have more vague symptoms or because of the disease, it's relapse and remitting, so symptoms come and then they go.
1: Which can be confusing for doctors and make the disease much harder to catch. Stoll says about 80% of patients are diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS, in which they'll have episodes of symptoms that are followed by periods of recovery. The other 20% have primary progressive MS, which means that a patient's symptoms never go away and just get worse over time. Sigler was diagnosed with RRMS and went through a lot of trial and error to figure out how to stay a step ahead of her disease.
0: When you're diagnosed when you're 20 years old, it's a big responsibility to be a good patient and to take care of yourself. And I might not have been in the right mind frame for that, but I wish I didn't keep it a secret. I wish I would have asked for help sooner. I wish I would have understood that I would have been accepted no matter what with this. I wish I would have given myself a chance in that time, but you know, I was doing the best I could in that moment. And that's all we can ever do.
1: And though Sigler seems to effortlessly slip into the characters she plays on TV, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to keep her MS symptoms at bay.
0: Of course it impacts the way I do my job because I am limited physically in what I can and can't do in certain ways. But I've learned that speaking up about those limits and allowing people to work with me has now allowed me to do my job well. With every job that I begin, I'll speak with the director, producers or whoever it may be and say, look, this is what I can and I can't do. I can't run. Stairs are okay, but I'm a bit slower. So if we can limit that would be great. I really can't wear high
1: heels. I don't walk well in them. And they'll adjust. Sigler says these conversations can be uncomfortable and it took her years to find her voice on set.
0: For a long time, I suffered in silence and things were really hard. And I was, you know, gritting my teeth through things and coming up with excuses. And that's not how I wanted to, I'm not somebody that wants to do that. And so I wasn't doing my best job as an actress because of that. So really gaining the confidence to just say, like, this is my body and this is how it works. And I want to do the best job
1: possible. Throughout this journey, Sigler realized that the main lessons can be broken down into three steps reflecting, reframing, and reaching out.
0: Those are things that I didn't know how to do for a very long time and didn't realize that those were essential for me, not only for my job, but just in my everyday life, you know, for me to sort of reflect on the difficult feelings that came along with this disease and such a diagnosis, like with the RMS, there can come a lot of grief, there can come some sadness, there can come some depression, And though
1: mental health has become a popular topic, at the time, Sigler thought she had to go through it all alone. She shoved those feelings as far down as she could, but soon realized that ignoring these issues only made them worse. After Sigler allowed herself to open up and accept all of her emotions, she began to work on figuring out what it meant to live with relapsing multiple sclerosis.
0: RMS is part of my life. I have these certain limitations. What still can I do with this? How can I still be an actress? How can I still be a present mom, a good friend, a good wife? And you make these small adjustments. For instance, you know, I had a job that filmed in Albuquerque over the last few years. And so that involved a lot of travel and going through a lot of airports. So I got a four-wheel suitcase that I could lean on and use as I walked through the airport. When I go to concerts with friends, I'll have them drop me off at the venue while they go look for a parking and then come meet me there so I can limit the amount of walking that I have to do.
1: These changes have helped Sigler live her life to the fullest, regardless of her condition. The last leg of her three-step guide is to reach out for help, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. I think as People
0: in general, women specifically, it's really hard to ask for help. You want to do everything on your own. But I've learned also through this process that it's just such a beautiful exchange and people really want to help and be of service and you're not a burden all the time. And it's just a simple moment in time that can really just change your life. And especially somebody living with RMS, I think it's really important to still understand that you can fully participate in your life. It may not look the same or feel the same, but... A lot is still possible.
1: Sigler is quick to note that these three steps aren't magical cures, and it's not a one and done type of guide. The condition is always changing, and we as humans are continuously evolving. And while these modifications have improved Sigler's life, Stoll says the most important aspect of MS treatment is finding the proper medication.
2: In the past 10 years, there has been so much growth in development and research in the field of MS that. Even 10 years ago, the medications that were available weren't as effective as the ones that we have now.
1: But the current drugs still have their limitations. Stoll says getting an early diagnosis is so important because these medications can only slow the disease progression. They can't reverse the damage already done.
2: Once the cat's out of the bag, once the train has left the station, you can't reel it back in. We don't have ways to fix the damaged brain. The only thing that we have in our arsenal is to stop new lesions and new damage from occurring. And the best way to do that is, again, to go on a medication.
1: Once you've found a treatment plan that works, you can focus on supplemental options that will further increase your quality of life. After dropping her kids off at school, Sigler carves out an hour or two each day to focus on self-care.
0: Those are meditating, cold plunging, and stretching. Those are things for me and my body I find make a tremendous difference. Meditation, I mean, is great for everybody. It centers me, it calms me, and I think, you know, I feel more calm and confident in the choices that I'm going to make throughout the rest of the day and the reactions that I have to things throughout the rest of the day from meditating.
1: While cold plunging and stretching help prepare her body for a full day of movement, Stoll has also looked into complementary treatments for multiple sclerosis and saw interesting results when doing research into acupuncture. She found that both the treatment and placebo groups benefited from the care. So the wrong
2: type of acupuncture and the right type of acupuncture were both beneficial. And kind of what that tells me, and I could be completely wrong, but if something is available that lowers stress, we know stress increases blood pressure, increases heart rate, And increases a lot of chemical reactions in the body. That is also not good for people with multiple sclerosis. And anything to reduce that, like acupuncture, meditation, yoga, is extremely beneficial for symptom control in multiple sclerosis.
1: And controlling your symptoms will allow you to live life to the fullest without constant pain and fear of relapse. Sigler's three-step guide can be found at reframingms.com. You can find more information about Jamie Lynn Sigler, Dr. Sharon Stoll, and all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. Our writer-producer is Kristen Farah. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. I'm Elizabeth Westfield. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal my endocrinologist who's been in practice for over 30 years, said to me, I've never seen anything like this. We've thrown the kitchen sink at you. I think you need to see a specialist. A curable condition that causes infertility, but is rarely mentioned by OBGYNs. Then. Do wrongful convictions lead to an early grave?
0: What we found was that almost six times as many exonerees have passed than what the CDC would predict. We found that the exonerees died over 13 years earlier than expected.
1: All that and more on Radio Health Journal. Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. We just meet to get together, to help each other out, to support each other.
0: The fun and camaraderie of
1: running with others. Then, Years an ancient culture that had been closed off from us, that nobody knew what was going on. And then someone finds us for set in stone, and all of a sudden, they can learn what that culture was all about.
0: How a 2,000-year-old stone unlocked the secrets of an ancient civilization. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.